Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone. For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. Hey, 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 it's Wednesday Hump Day, September 14th, 2011. Welcome to another installment of AutoLine Daily. I'm the one and only auto extremist, Peter DiLorenzo, like you didn't know that, bringing you the latest news from the Frankfurt Motor Show and beyond. Kicking things off today, Opel revealed a funky-looking EV concept called the Rack-E. The two-seater is made from lightweight materials and only weighs about 840 pounds. To save money, the body is made out of conventional synthetic materials rather than expensive composites. This means it's also recyclable. The front seat, steering column, and armrests automatically tip forward to enable easy entry, which is a feature that can be controlled remotely with a smartphone. The Rack E can travel up to 61 miles on a single charge and can reach 75 miles an hour in 13 seconds. In similar two-seat slow-mo accelerating news, Audi unveiled a soapbox racer in Frankfurt. Well, not exactly. Called the Urban Concept, it's an open-air vehicle with wide-set wheels and exposed suspension parts, just like an Indy car. Unlike the Opel, its boxy body is made from carbon fiber reinforced plastic to keep weight down. Also, you have to step over the sides to get in, just like you would a bathtub. It tips the scales at just 480 kilograms, all in, a little more than a thousand pounds. Electric propulsion is all the rage these days, and the Urban Concept is part of that fad. It's powered by a pair of rear-mounted motors and a 7.1 kilowatt lithium-ion battery. Zero to 100 kilometers an hour should take around 17 seconds. That's nearly as long as it takes our colleague Scott Burgess to eat a cheeseburger. Unlike the dark ages when Daimler and Chrysler were together, Fiat and Chrysler are actually sharing. The Wall Street Journal reports the Pentastar company will build a Maserati SUV in Detroit at its Jefferson North plant. The Sergio edition of the Grand Cherokee, otherwise known as the Maserati Kubang concept, which was revealed in Frankfurt yesterday, will share the same architecture as the big Jeep and Dodge Durango. However, it will have unique styling and a Ferrari engine, or so they say. Expect the sticker price to be north of 100 grand. Surprisingly, a little Ford Mustang news came out of Germany this week. According to the Detroit Free Press, VP and Chief Creative Officer Jay Mays told reporters they plan to introduce a redesigned version for the 2014 model year to commemorate the iconic pony car's 50th birthday. Take a long, hard look at the new Ford Evos concept from the A-pillar back. A hint of the new Mustang profile? We shall see. Toyota has fully resumed production in North America. The company's production was slowed due to the earthquake and tsunami that hit Japan in March and the ensuing supplier issues. Toyota says with its Japan-based production at normal levels, it will focus on replenishing its dealer's lots through overtime and Saturday shifts. And because of the good news, the company raised its production estimates by 15% for the fourth quarter. The Brazilian auto market continues to grow. According to Wards, through August of this year, passenger vehicle sales are up 7.5% to over 2.2 million units. Commercial truck sales are up over 16% as well. Analysts expect the trend to continue, 
They predict passenger vehicle sales will hit 3.5 million units by the end of the year in Brazil. Coming up next, a look at the seventh generation Porsche 911. What if we always settled for the first thing that came along? Then we'd never have gotten here. Introducing the Sonata Hybrid from Hyundai. This week, Porsche unveils the seventh generation of its iconic 911 sports car at the 2011 Frankfurt Motor Show. Longer, lower, lighter, and more efficient, the new 911 is unflinchingly evolutionary, a continuation of all of the traits, characteristics, and yes, even some of the quirks that enthusiasts find so endearing and can't seem to get enough of. Interestingly enough, Porsche is far from the same company that existed even five years ago, let alone the one envisioned by Ferry Porsche in the early 50s. After all, we are now talking about an automaker that's targeting sales of 100,000 sports cars, sedans, and SUVs by the end of this year. In case any romantic notions of the little car company that could still existed out there. Porsche's radical transformation was fueled by the company's shrewdly calculated move to exploit new segments and opportunities, despite purest protestations to the contrary, mine included, by the way, and it has paid off handsomely. But in its quest for profitability, Porsche has created a brave new world for itself, consisting of two drastically different hemispheres. One has the Cayenne SUV and the Panamera, seemingly incongruous miscreants that operate outside of the historical Porsche mission of light, purposeful, responsive, and innovative sports cars that have been the hallmark of the company since day one. The other has the quintessential Porsche, the 911, as well as the Boxster and Cayman, each very true to the sports car mission that established the Porsche name as a calling card for motoring desirability around the world. Make no mistake, Porsche has done a superb job in appeasing the hardcore faithful with a string of lusciously desirable sports cars that ring true to the Porsche mission, while energizing the consumerist hordes hungry for their next fix of brand adrenaline with an SUV and four-door that still march to the different drummer that defines Porsche, at least enough anyway. Porsche's attempt at mollifying these groups while keeping its prodigious profit stream flowing unabated is a delicate dance. And as long as they can keep the fragile balance between the consumers and the true believers in play, then Porsche's scintillating run of success looks like it will be in place for many years to come. And that's the high-octane truth for today, and conveniently the end of today's show. Before I sign off, just a friendly reminder to check out AutoLine After Hours tomorrow night. John's still out, so I'll be bus driver this week, hopefully keeping things on the straight and narrow, or at the very least, out of the ditch. James Tiberius Hall, captain of the USS 2953 Analytics, will also be on the show, as will Sharon Turlip of the Wall Street Journal. Check it out. AAH starts tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on our website, autoline.tv. And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for watching. I'll see you tomorrow. <music>